Amen. Wow. Can y'all tell I've been working with them? <clears throat> Grab your Bible. Remain standing. Grab your Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. My soul. I don't even have words. That's great. That is good. You know what? It's just been a good service all service. Amen? I guess when you baptize half a dozen people in the beginning, that starts. That's a good start. Amen? Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. Uh, boy, 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 man, I, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I love it. I, I know God's everywhere. I know God's everywhere all the time. You can't go in the mountain. He's not there. You can't go in the depths of the sea. He's not there. The psalmist said, no matter where I go, there you are. Amen. I can't go anywhere where your presence is not, but sometimes he manifests himself. He manifests himself. He makes himself clear, makes it obvious that he's here. It's obvious he's here today. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6 and verse number 14. When you get there, say amen. amen. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? He gives, he gives some contrast here in these next few verses. Uh, we always apply this to marriage. You know, a lost person shouldn't marry a saved person. Or a saved person shouldn't marry a lost person. Uh, because it, it just don't work out. You cannot, you cannot pull someone up a ladder. It always goes the other way, amen? And, and that's where we apply this. But there's a whole lot more to this than just marriage. And, and he's not specifically talking about marriage here. He's talking about the union of God's people and the world's people together for a spiritual purpose. Uh, listen, people who are not saved cannot join together with people who are lost to get something spiritual accomplished. There, there is a separation there, and that's what he's trying, to, he's trying to imply. He said there is a difference between the lost and the saved. There's a difference between the righteous and the unrighteous. And what communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? Belial we know is Satan. Or what part he that believeth with an infidel? What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye... You and me, the church, ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be, or, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now remember, chapters and verses are, are put in here uh, by the, by the, the, the people uh, who, who, who wrote the Bible as far as uh, uh, interpreted it and put it together, put it in our language. It is here for our benefit for memorization purposes and study purposes. But the letter continues. So verse 1 goes with what we just said. Now prove it. What's the first word? Having therefore. In other words, for what you just read. For what you just read. Having therefore these promises. Dearly beloved. All right, let me, let, let's do this. I want us all to read this. I want us all to read this in concert. Verse, verse 1, chapter 7, verse 1. Having therefore these promises. Dearly beloved. 
Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Read that last sentence again. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to, Lord, not, not, not to pastor this place, but be a part of this place. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your, Lord, the unction from glory. Lord, I, I, I thank you for, for everything we've witnessed, the souls being saved, the people being baptized, the mission work across the sea. Lord, every single thing. Now, now, now speak to us, Lord. Challenge us today. Convict us today. We didn't, he, we didn't come just to, to have a feel-good feeling or, or be inspired. We came to be challenged and convicted, to be drawn closer to you and to be more like you. God, help us as we deal with the subject of holiness this morning. God will praise you and thank you for all that you do. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> you may be seated. It says perfecting, perfecting, completing, finishing, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We are, we are dealing with the subject, the perfect Christian. We've been doing that for a few weeks, and, and, and we said one thing about a perfect Christian, and if you're here for the very first time, that doesn't mean without mistakes or without failures. The perfect Christian is the complete or mature Christian, the developed Christian. The word perfect means mature complete, finished, not lacking anything. We said one thing about a, a perfect Christian is they are sanctified. They, they, they are walking in holiness. Holiness is important to them. Holiness is not a word that you're going to hear preach much in modern day America, modern day Christianity. Because uh, when you start talking about holiness, you start talking about right living. And we're living in a Laodicean age where people are lukewarm. They're not in, but they're not out. And because of that, uh, they want to have all the benefits and the privileges of, of being saved and being uh, uh, in, in God's family and making it to heaven, but they still want to act like they're in the devil's family. And that, that, that don't work. He said there's going to come a day in the last days where people shall heap upon themselves teachers having itching ears. In other words, just tell me what I want to hear. Don't, don't mess with me. Tell me everything's going to be good. Let's talk about grace and let's talk about mercy and let's talk about love and, and let's talk about prosperity and let's talk about provision and let's talk about God's protection. But he is holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy. Peter said, be ye holy, for I am holy. And, and we're living in a day when, when, when people, they, they, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't understand how people can think they can live the way they live and still be in a right relationship with God. It is inconceivable. It is inconceivable that a Christian or a person who calls himself a Christian can live the way they live before they profess Christ. It's impossible. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 14, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new, he is. Say it with me, he, he is. He's not going to be, he is. The moment he's in Christ, the moment he repents and, and confesses his sins and turns to Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. 
Behold, all things are become new. Does everything get fixed right away? Most likely not. Does everything completely change right away? No, but they start. And there is a difference. There is a difference. Watch this right here. Watch this right here. Ephesians 2, 1 through, 1 through 10. Well, actually 1 through 5, and then we'll put verse 10 in there. Watch how, watch how the past and the present go together here. And you hath he quickened. He's talking about people that were saved. And you hath he quickened who were. That's past tense. You were. Say it with me. You, you were dead in trespasses and in sins. In time, come on, y'all getting quiet. It's going to get better. Well, maybe not, but it's going to get deeper. Where in time past, past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had that back, back, past. We had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were. That means used to be. We were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Y'all see a pattern? But God, all of those things we were, we used to be. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we, come on, we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together by grace, ye are with Christ, by grace ye are saved. Now watch. For we, no. What's verse 10? Verse 10, for we are, that's present. Are you with me? We were the children of wrath. We were the children of disobedience. We were, we used to walk after the flesh and do the things of the flesh. But now we, we are, say amen. Watch this, watch this, what are we? We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Can anybody argue with that? If you're saved, you used to be that way. You used to do those things. You used to behave that way. You used to think in that way. You, are y'all with me? But now, after you've trusted Christ... After you've placed your faith in him, after you've become a believer, things are different. You're a new creature. Why? Because God made you brand new. You've not, you've not been remodeled. You've been regenerated. Brand new unto good works. Say amen. Inconceivable. Titus 2, 11, watch what it says. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Teaching us. Teaching us. What does the grace of God teach? It doesn't mean we can do whatever we want. There are people that use grace for license. Grace is not a license to sin. What does grace, real grace, teach us? That denying ungodliness. Say it with me. Denying and worldly lust. We should live and... And in this present world, inconceivable, inconceivable. Quit running around and professing Christ if you're still acting like the devil. 
This isn't a place to get your religious fix in. To have your conscience eased because you went to church. If you can still run around in the world and nothing happened and the judgment of God not fall on you. Running around getting drunk. Running around having sex out of marriage with somebody you're not married to. Running around doing the things you're doing. And it's not just the outside things. There's inside things we're going to talk about here in a minute. But if we can do all those things and the hand of God does not come upon you in judgment, the Bible says you're a bastard, not a son. It says, whom I love, I chasten. And if ye be without chastisement, that word means illegitimate. I didn't cuss nobody. I used a word that means illegitimate. You're professing to be in the family of God, and he don't know you. It's inconceivable. Now, did I say it's impossible? No. Good people can do stupid things. But they can't keep doing them. They can't keep doing them. Why not? Because if they can keep doing them, then they're not saved. If they can keep doing them and don't get uh, corrected and chastised and rebuked by the Lord, you don't belong to him. Inconceivable. Something's different. Do I still struggle? Yes. Do you still struggle? Most likely, definitely. But I don't want to. There's a change. There's a change. We can't live the same way. I'm telling you, we have, we have grown so accustomed to this world and the culture of this world that everything out there that's accepted, the church, when I say the church, I'm talking about folks in the church are trying to accept it or are accepting it like it's no big deal. How many of y'all have ever heard the people say, heard this say it or posted on Facebook, uh, don't judge me because my sin is different than yours. And then right after that, they'll say all sin is the same. Well, guess what? Next week, you're going to find out whether that's true or not. We're going to deal with that myth. Is all sin the same? We'll see. Come back next week and we'll see. Here's the thing. God has commanded us to walk in righteousness and in holiness. There is nothing that should... Listen, there is no no reason whatsoever, no excuse whatsoever that can condone people not being changed. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. Listen, look at this verse, verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, I want to do this. We're going to just take this verse, just just point by point in this verse 1. And, and so if you're writing notes, write this down. First, I want you to see the promises. Let's start positive. Let's start positive. We're kind of getting off with a negative tone here. So let's, let's, let's get back to the positive things, all right? Let's be positive. I'm positive. We need to deal with this. Say amen. He deals with promises first. He tells about the promises in chapter number 6. Chapter number 6, verses 16 throughout 18. Look at the promises. Look at the promises. He said, I will, I will dwell in them. And walk in them. Now let's think about it this way. I'm, I'm dwelling in this building, right? I'm here. I'm dwelling. I'm walking around in this building. Too many people confuse the temple to be this building. The church is this building. You're the temple. In other words, right now, if you're born again, if you're saved, the Holy Ghost is in you. The Spirit of God is in you. God is in you walking around. Y'all with me? 
in you, like I am in this building right now, that's what he's saying. He's saying, if you will do this, if you will separate, if you will come out from among them, if you will be different, if you will practice holiness. Now, watch what it says. He says, I will walk among you. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will... I will receive you and will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. All right, I want to give you two things right here, two things. Two things I want you to write down. Under the promises, what are the promises? Why, why should I live in holiness? Why, why should I practice righteousness in my life and practice being separated and, 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 and do what I'm supposed to do? Because of God's promises of fellowship. Hey, write that down. God's promises of fellowship. Now, now here's what I want to say about this. Here's what I want to say about this. Uh, you do not have to. You do not have to be holy to be saved. Y'all with me? Some of you are thinking, "What?" You don't have to be holy to be saved because you cannot be holy till you are saved. That's like that's like being well to go to the doctor. I'm gonna wait till I get better. That's not the way that works. You have to trust Christ, and then Christ begins the process of holiness. So he's not saying, he's not saying in this verse, you have to be separated to be saved. What he's saying here, I will manifest myself. I will, I will show out, if you will. Now, how many of y'all know, how many of y'all know God's here every Sunday? Let's, let's agree on this. I'm going to try to make this make sense. How many of y'all know God's here every Sunday? He's everywhere at the same time. He's omnipresent. He's in every place, every situation, every, every circumstance. Every second of the day, he's everywhere. He's here every Sunday. But how many of y'all feel him more some Sundays than others? That's what, you know what that is? That's God manifesting himself. That's God letting you feel him. There are times that God is, is in my life without question, without, without any question whatsoever. I know God is with me, but there are times when I feel him more than others. There are times when I feel like I'm a thousand miles from him, even though I know he's here. But there are times when I feel like I'm cradled in his arms. Somebody say amen. He says, I will be with him. Walk around. I will be present. We will have the fellowship with him, walking with him and talking with him, having a, woo, say me. He will manifest himself. I will feel him. He will be close to me. There will be no question whatsoever that I have God with me. What a promise. What a promise. Fellowship. Look what it says, Psalms 140.13. Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright, the upright shall dwell in thy presence. Matthew 5, 6, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Why? For they shall see God. Watch this, Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. It's amazing. <laughs> We want to live like heathens all week and come to church and expect to feel God. It's inconceivable. But God says you separate yourself. And see if I won't manifest myself to you. Look what he says. Fellowship. But not only fellowship, but favor. Write that word down. Favor. Look in verse number 17. 
Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Say that with me. I will That means to take into one's favor. I heard an old black preacher say one time, uh, uh, God is no respecter of persons, but he do have favorites. <clears throat> say, what do you mean? There's nobody in this building that can't have a close relationship with God, but there are others that have a closer relationship with God than others. In other words, nobody can be left out because God is no respecter of persons. If you will do what others do, you can have the relationship others have. You know, I, I listen to Dave Ramsey sometimes. And he will say, he will say uh, uh, if you give all the, all the, all the money to the, to the, the, the rich people have to the poor people, in 10 years, all the rich people would have it back. Because poor people do poor people stuff, and rich people do rich people stuff. And if poor people started doing rich people stuff, they could be rich people. Because it's behavior. Don't look at somebody and say, I wish God loved me like he loves you. He does. But the question is, you may not love him like they do. And God says, I'll give you my favor. I'll receive you unto myself. If you will separate from that foolishness, if you'll separate from that sin and iniquity and that culture of life, if you'll separate yourself unto me, you'll have my favor. And what favor are we talking about? How about this? How about this? I wrote three things down. There's a ton of things I could write down, but I just wrote these three things down. How about joy? How about joy? If he manifests himself to us, we're going to feel his presence. We're going to be in his presence. And look what the Bible says about his presence. Acts 2.28, thou hast made me known the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of with thy countenance. That means his presence. Watch this. Psalm 16.11. Psalm 16.11. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of what does that mean? What does that mean? If I'm walking with God and I'm fellowshipping in his presence and in being in the manifest presence of God, I'm going to have fullness of Anybody need some of that? Woohoo. Yeah, I got you. I'm with you. Woohoo. I'm, I'm there. I'm for it. Man, in a world of sadness, in a world of sorrow and, and grief, man, we need more joy. No wonder Christians are getting their eyes beat out. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. And we have Christians who have no strength to fight the devil because they have no joy. And they have no joy because they're not in the, in the manifest presence of God. They're not fellowshipping. They're not spending intimate time with God. Listen, joy, joy. How about this? How about comfort from fear? How about comfort from fear? Watch this. Psalm 23, 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art Why am I not going to be afraid? He's with me. He's with me. We got a lot of people struggling with anxiety and fear today. I don't know about y'all, but you need to know he's with you. And let me say this. Let me just go a little step further. You don't just need to know it. You need to feel it. There's a difference. It's like forgiveness. It's one thing knowing you're forgiven, but it's another thing feeling you're forgiven. Amen? Listen, comfort from fear. How about this? Protection from our enemies. Psalm 9. 
Psalm 9, verse 2. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O Most High. When mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. At thy presence. How many of y'all would like for your enemies to be dealt with? Get in his presence. You know what the nation of Israel realized? The battle is the Lord's. Unless you take it on yourself. Having these promises. He said, I will be their God. I will, mani- I will manifest myself to them. I will receive them. They will have fellowship with me. They will have my favor. Just separate yourself. Quit messing around. Quit playing around in the world. Quit fooling around with sin. Hello. Come on, everybody. Listen. Let's keep going. Secondly, in this same verse, verse 1, verse one of chapter 7. Having therefore these promises. How many of y'all are clear on the promises? Fellowship with God. What, what does First John say? If, if, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth, right? That's why we have to practice holiness so we can have fellowship with him, so we can walk with him. Not to be saved. Not to be saved. I, 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 when when I, I was born in my, my dad's family, I'm his son. I'm his son, period. Positionally, it doesn't matter. I am his son. I can rob a bank. I'm still his son. I can steal a car. I'm still his son. Now, we may be separated or out of fellowship, but positionally, relationally, I'm still his son. But I want to be in a right relationship with him. Does that make sense? Listen, we see our duty, number two. We say all the promises the promises, but then our duty because of the promises, he says. Having therefore these promises, because God said he will do this, this is what he's saying, because God said he will do this, we need to do this. Dearly beloved, let us, let us. Now there's a whole lot God will do for us, but he will not do for us what he commanded us to do. In other words, God's not going to turn your cable off. He told you to do it. And what I mean by that, if you're watching stuff you don't need to be watching, you need to cleanse yourself of that. God's not going to take the bottle out of your hand. God's not going to take the alcohol from you. He's telling you to do it. Cleanse yourself. God's not... Man, it's getting quiet all of a sudden. You men? You men? That stuff on that computer? God's not going to make it. God's not going to take it off the computer. But I tell you what, He will do if you don't. He'll let somebody else see it. You don't want to. That's right. Be sure your sin will. I don't know about y'all. It's like this. Do you want to whoop yourself? Or you want God to? It's like when your parents said, "Do you want to get the switch, or do you want me to?" No, no, no. I got it. Are y'all with me? Watch what he says. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. What is our duty? Our duty is to clean up. There is a part that's God's, but there is a part that's ours. 
You say, what part is ours? Whatever he tells you to do. The places he tells you to quit going, the things he tells you to quit doing, the things he tells you to start doing, the people you need to quit associating yourself with. There's people in your lives, and I'm just going to be just plain, guys. There's people in your lives that's not healthy for you. There's people that you, listen, and, and, and ladies and gentlemen, be careful of texting or calling people the opposite sex you're not married to. Communicating in those ways. It will come out. Be careful. That's your job to stop. And I don't have to, I don't have to make a list. You say, why don't you have to make a list? Because the Holy Ghost is in me. I know when it's right or when it's wrong. And so do you. Stop it. Watch what it says, Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. Be followers of God. Look what Christ did for us. Now watch what he says, verse 3. But fornication, fornication is sex outside of who you're married to. If you're not married to him, you don't need to be in the bed with him. Period. Period. All uncleanness. All uncleanness. You don't need to be flirting with somebody that's not your wife or your husband. Or covetousness. Let it not be once named among you as become a saint. Neither filthiness or foolish talking nor jesting. That's, that's filthy jokes, filthy words, filthy conversation. But rather giving of thanks. For this note, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. In other words, if you, you're practicing these things. Look what he says in verse 6. Let no man deceive you with vain words. Don't let them try to tell you they're saved. Don't, don't let them try to tell you if they can keep practicing these things and acting in this way and b- behaving in this way. Don't let them deceive you. John says, John says in 1 John, he says, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. Mm-hmm. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. And by the way, let me back up. Let me back up. It talks about talking. You know, there are some sins that are obvious, right? Adultery and shacking up and all that kind of stuff. But what about what about gossiping? What about getting on the phone talking about everybody and the brother? Spreading rumors and lying. What about unforgiveness? Mm. Be not partakers with them, he says, verse 7. <clears throat> For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Watch this now. What is our duty to cleanse ourselves? Watch this. Have no, what's that word? Come on now. Have no with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done in secret. What's he saying here? Don't just not have nothing to do with wickedness or sin, But he says, stand against it. Rather, reprove them. Don't just avoid them. 
Speak them. Call them out. Stand against them. Are y'all with me? It it can't be any clearer. Are y'all with me? We should stand against sin. Listen, what is the goal? What is the goal? Perfecting holiness. Now watch this. Let me. I'm, 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 I'm getting ahead of myself. Where's my time? Ooh. All right, back up, back up. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. Ooh, it's quiet. Come on. Filthiness of the and and spirit. What's that? That's outside sins and inside sins. Flesh is those outward things that's obvious. We can make our list. And, and see, this is what the Pharisees were good at. They were good at the outward stuff. They were good at looking good on the outside and not doing this and not doing that, not wearing this and not wearing that. But on the inside, he said, you were full of dead men's bones. They were full of bitterness and envy. Are y'all with me? So you can, you can come in here and you can have your Sunday suit on and you can look real prim and proper and do all that kind of stuff and look the, look the part and act the part on the outside but be wicked as hell itself on the inside. What he is saying, we need to clean it all up. We need to clean the outside up. We need to clean the inside up. We just need to be clean all over. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Why? Why? What's our goal? What's our goal? This is going to, this is going to, it's going to step out. Watch this. This is great. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Our goal is holiness. Now watch this. I'm going to read something. I'm going to read something. I'm going to explain something. Watch this. This means, what is, what does that mean? What does that mean? It means separated unto God. Say that with me. It means separated unto God. In other words, you're not just separated from something. That's the negative side of it. The positive side of it is you're separated to something. Now watch. This will mean something. It means you're committed, dedicated, sold out to Him. Separation is not just a negative act of departure. It is a positive act of dedication to God. We must separate from sin and unto God. God blesses those who separate themselves from sin unto the Lord. Abraham separated himself from Ur the Chaldees and God blessed him. When Abraham compromised and went to Egypt, God had to chasten him. As long as Israel was separated from the sinful nations and unto God, God blessed them. But when they began to mingle with the heathen, God had to discipline them. You see, holiness and separation is not just not doing wrong. I grew up in a movement, I grew up in a movement that was very legalistic. And it was all about thou shalt not this, thou shalt not that, thou shalt, thou shalt, thou, thou, thou shalt. I mean, they had more rules than Jesus. And it was all about leaving or separating or not doing this stuff. And then they left you there. And here's the thing. I found out, I found out as I grew older and got a little smarter, I figured out this. They wanted you to measure up to whoever they were. 
As long as you cut your hair like they did, as long as you wore your suit like they did, as long as you wore the whatever and talked to whatever and did the whatever like them, you had to measure up to wherever they were. As long as you did their list, you were good. There's a problem with that. What about when the next man comes with his list? It's not about separating from as much as it's separating to. God wants you to be holy. Watch, watch. Uh, some staff members, a couple ladies on our staff, bought me a, a, a cup. Uh, it was a, a, one of them, you know, them souped-up cups keep things cold. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. Anyway, and they put the rev on it. That cup is holy. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. You're, you're thinking the wrong thing. You're think, you, you totally missed it. It's not holy because it's, ooh. No. It is for the rev. It is not for Miss Barry. She's in the office beside me. It's not for Mr. Barry. He's in the office beside me on the other side. It's not for Brandy. Kenzie. Hello. It's holy it's for one purpose it's for one person it's mine it is not a community cup nobody else needs to be using it it's mine it is separated from them unto me are y'all with me what does that mean see this helps us understand holiness it's not that God just, now he knows these things that's off, off limits. It will be harmful to you. That's why they're off limits. But that's not the point. The point is he wants you to understand you belong to him. He wants you unto himself. He's a jealous God. He don't want you messing with the world or world stuff. You are his. And when you separate yourself from and to God, you have the fullness of God. You have fellowship with God. You have the favor of God. You have all the blessings of God because you are His and His alone. That's holiness. Holiness is not having a list of these and of vows and of those and all that stuff. Holiness is not, uh, listen, dressing apart and, and looking sanctified on the outside. Holiness says, I'm staying from this. I am separated unto God. I'm totally committed. I am sold out to my God because I love my God and Him only. Say amen. Whoop. Watch. There's motivation. Motivation. I went too long, but I got to give you this one. Watch this. Why do we want to perfect holiness? What is our motivation to perfect holiness? In the fear of God. In the fear of God. Write these three things down. I wrote this down in pen because I didn't have them in my notes. There is levels of maturity for, for babies and for Christians. Write this down. Put, put the word and then put a dash and then I'm going to give you the... But write, the, write these three words over here and then I'll give you three words to put beside it. First is fear. We're motivated first by the fear of God. We're motivated by fear. Why do I do what God tells me to do? Because he's got a big belt. It says, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. That means whooping. So how do you know God will whoop you? Because I got an example of it from my father growing up. 
Now, fear is not mean, it means, oh, it means I love my father and I respect my father. I'm not afraid to be in the presence of my father, but I was afraid that belt around his waist if I did something ignorant. That's what that means. I was motivated to do right by that belt. So my initial, my initial upbringing, my initial uh, 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 relationship with my father was out of fear of that belt. I did right because I was afraid of repercussions. Yeah. Right? Secondly, secondly, benefit. Benefit. What started happening? As I grew older, I realized if I did wrong, bad stuff happens. If I do right, I got rewarded. Amen. That's a little step of maturity. Yeah. Y'all with me? In the beginning, it was fear. Because there was repercussions. Then it was, it was benefit. I was motivated by benefit because of the reward. But when I became mature, it was, it was love because of relationship. I got to a point in my life where I wanted to do right, not because I was afraid of the belt, not because of any reward I would get, but because I love my father so much. I knew if I did that, how disappointed he'd be. Why should you live holy? Well, one of those three things. If you're an immature Christian, I hope you live holy because you're afraid of God's belt. Because it's real. And we're going to talk about that in the days ahead. It may be, it may be because of the reward. He said, there are rewards. I will be with thee. I will, have, I will give you my favor. I will be in fellowship with you. But I hope one day you can make it to the place in your life that you mature to the point that you want to do right simply because you don't want to grieve someone you love so much. Because that is the perfect Christian. That is the mature Christian. And all God's people say it. Let's stand. Father. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for goodness today.